0: Section 2 of the Strange Story Book by Lenora Blanche Lang. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Perplexity of Zadig On the banks of the river Euphrates there once lived a man called Zadig, who spent all his days watching the animals he saw about him and in learning their ways. And in studying the plants that grew near his hut, and the more he knew of them, the more he was struck with the differences he discovered even in the beasts or flowers which he thought, when he first saw them, were exactly alike. One morning, as he was walking through a little wood, there came running towards him an officer of the queen's household, followed by several of her attendants. Zadig noticed that one and all seemed in the greatest anxiety and glanced from side to side with wild eyes as if they had lost something they held to be very precious and hoped against hope that it might be lurking in some quite impossible place. On I'm catching sight of Zadig. The first of the band stopped suddenly. "'Young man,' he said, panting for breath, "'have you seen the queen's pet dog?' It is a tiny spaniel, is it not? answered Zadig, which limps on the left forepaw and has very long ears. Ah, then you have seen it! exclaimed the steward joyfully, thinking that his search was at an end and his head was safe, for he knew of many men who had lost theirs for less reason. No, replied Zadig, I have never seen it. Indeed, I did not so much as know that the queen had a dog. At these words the faces of the whole band fell, and with sighs of disappointment they hurried on twice as fast as before to make up for lost time. Strange to say, it had happened that the finest horse in the king's stable had broken away from its groom and galloped off, no one knew where, over the boundless plains of Babylon the chief huntsman and all the other officials pursued it with the same eagerness that the officers of the household had displayed in running after the queen's dog and like them met with zadig who was lying on the ground watching the movement of some ants has the king's favorite horse passed by here inquired the great huntsman drawing rein YOU MEAN A WONDERFUL GALLOPER, FIFTEEN HANDS HIGH, SHOD WITH VERY SMALL SHOES, AND WITH A TAIL THREE FEET AND A HALF LONG? THE ORNAMENTS OF HIS BIT ARE OF GOLD, AND HE IS SHOD WITH SILVER. YES, YES, THAT IS THE RUNAWAY, CRIED THE CHIEF HUNTSMAN. WHICH WAY DID HE GO? THE HORSE? BUT I HAVE NOT SEEN HIM, ANSWERED ZADIG, AND I NEVER EVEN HEARD OF HIM BEFORE. Now Zadig had described both the horse and the dog so exactly that both the steward and the chief huntsman did not doubt for a moment that they had been stolen by him. The chief huntsman said no more, but ordered his men to seize the thief and to bring him before the Supreme Court, where he was condemned to be flogged and to pass the rest of his life in exile. Scarcely, however, had the sentence been passed then the horse and dog were discovered and brought back to their master and mistress, who welcomed them with transports of delight. But, as no one would have respected the judges any longer, if they had once admitted that they had been altogether mistaken, they informed Zadig that although he was to be spared the flogging and would not be banished from the country, he must pay four hundred ounces of gold for having declared he had not seen what he plainly had seen. With some difficulty, Zadig raised the money, and when he had paid it into court, he asked permission to say a few words of explanation. Moons of justice and mirrors of truth, he began, I swear to you by the powers of earth and of air that never have I beheld the dog of the queen nor the horse of the king and if this August Assembly will deign to listen to me for a moment, I will inform them exactly what happened. Before I met with the officers of the Queen's household, I had noticed on the sand the marks of an animal's paws, which I instantly recognized to be those of a small dog, and, as the marks were invariably fainter on one side than on the three others, it was easy to guess that the dog limped on one paw. Besides this, the sand on each side of the front paw marks was ruffled on the surface, showing that the ears were very long and touched the ground. As to the horse, I had perceived along the road the traces of shoes, always at equal distances, which proved to me that the animal was a perfect galloper. I then detected, on closer examination, that though the road was only seven feet wide, the dust on the trees, both on the right hand and on the left, had been swept to a height of three and a half feet, and from that I concluded the horse's tail, which had switched off the dust, must be three and a half feet long. Next, five feet from the ground, I noticed that twig and leaves had been torn off the trees so evidently he was fifteen hands high. As to the ornaments on his bit, he had scraped one of them against a rock on turning a corner too sharply, and some traces of gold remained on it, while the light marks left on the soil showed that his shoes were not of iron but of a less heavy metal, which could only be silver. Great was the amazement of the judges and of everybody else at the perception and reasoning of Zadig. At court no one talked of anything else, and though many of the wise men declared that Zadig should be burnt as a wizard, the king commanded the four hundred ounces of gold, which he had paid as a fine, should be restored to him. In obedience to this order, the clerk of the court and the ushers came in state to Zadig's hut, bringing with them the four hundred ounces. But when they arrived, they told Zadig that three hundred and ninety-eight of them were due for law expenses, so he was not much better off than before. Zadig said nothing but let them keep the money. He had learned how dangerous it is to be wiser than your neighbors, and resolved never again to give any information to anybody or to say what he had seen." He had very speedily a chance of putting this determination into practice. A prisoner of state escaped from the great jail of Babylon, and in his flight happened to pass beneath the window of Zadig's hut. Not long after, the warders of the jail discovered which way he had gone, and cross-questioned Zadig closely. Zadig, warned by experience, kept silence, but notwithstanding— it was proved, or at least they said so, that Zadig had been looking out of the window when the man went by, and for this crime he was sentenced by the judges to pay five hundred ounces of gold. "'Good gracious!' he murmured to himself, as, according to the custom of Babylon, he thanked the court for its indulgence. What is one to do? It is dangerous to stand at your own window, or to be in a wood— which the king's horse and the queen's dog have passed through. How hard it is to live happily in this life. End of section two.